The Nashville Predators fall to the Tampa Bay Lightning in a game with more ups and downs than the Alps outside Peter Yossi's back window. We're going to recap the 5-2 loss, talk about the players who showed up and those who didn't, and we're going to also talk about two sweet moments that almost made me cry. All that's coming up on today's Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com, and I'm usually joined by my partner in crime, Nick Morgan, but Nick is off on a well-earned vacation, so I'm going to be flying solo today, and we're going to be talking about last night's 5-2 loss against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Nashville Predators headed to Tampa with their dads for the game last night. It was a game after a five-day break away from games. So provided lots of quality time with the dads. Maybe not the most fun time on the ice for Nashville Predators fans looking back. In case you missed the game, I'm going to do a real quick game recap, get you up to speed before we dive into some takeaways and some players of note. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning came out and got the jump early. It was one of those early starts to a game that made your stomach sink. Lightning went up 2-0 in the first three minutes. That's right, three minutes, 2-0. Uh, Nashville Predators got back on the board with a shorthanded goal at 10:51 in the first period. That's Nashville's first shorthanded goal of the season, which is probably a whole nother podcast in and of itself. Uh, in the second period, tied it up. Alexander Carrier got his first goal of the season to make it 2-2. Looked like the Predators were back in this game. But the third period, that third period belonged entirely to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Braden Point and Nicholas Paul scored, and then Brandon Hagel added a shorthanded goal to make that final score 5-2, to two, which sounds a little bit worse than maybe the game was, but also the Predators losing is a correct reflection of how the game went. Now, you know, here at Locked on Predators, we usually share our one word to describe the game. I actually put a note out on Twitter, just curious what some of y'all's one word would be to describe this game and loved a couple of the replies. One of them was whoopsie. Fair enough. Ouch was another one. And then here's one that I think could really be the title of an entire podcast episode for the Nashville Predators. And that one word was purgatory. So there's something to that. Also want to give a shout out. Thank you for your replies on Twitter. And also y'all are so good at sticking to the rules with one word. You know, Nick and I make the rules and then we consistently break the rules. And that's exactly what I'm going to go ahead and do with my one word to describe that 5-2 loss against Tampa Bay last night. My one word, I am throwing it way back to when I was in kindergarten, did half-day kindergarten, and I would come home and eat my cheese and mayonnaise sandwich, and I would watch The Price is Right. 
And there was one game on the prices right that I loved, but that also filled me with such angst, even as a young child. And it's still, I still generate that same response now. And it's a game on the prices right called Mountain Climber. And I don't know if y'all have seen it. So let me explain to you what it is. There is like a cutout of, of a mountain and there's a little cardboard mountain climber guy. And you go up these little steps and to win the game, you need to keep the mountain climber on the mountain. If he falls over the mountain, you've lost the game. And the way that you move him up the mountain is there are three items and you say, this is how much the price is on this item. And for every dollar off, it's a step, the mountain climber kind of goes up this mountain. Very anxiety ridden. You can feel already the tension building just from the description. But what normally would happen is the first item was, you know, people are trying, the contestants trying to get their feet wet. So they throw out a price and it's maybe a little off. And so the mountain climber, he, he goes up, you know, the mountain and you get a little nervous, but he finally stops. The second item, and I don't know why this happens, but I'm telling you, this is the pattern every time. The second item, generally the contestant gets pretty close. And so the mountain climber just moves, you know, just a couple of steps up the mountain and you think, okay, we've got, we've got plenty of space to guess this third item. And then the third item is just this obscure, strange, like, item that nobody really has any idea what the price is. And so you just make, you know, the contestant makes their best guess. And in it, as the mountain climber keeps moving up because they're that many dollars off. And, and keep in mind, the whole thing that makes this tolerable is that the mountain climber yodels. So he yodi, 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 yodi. I swear to you, that's exactly what it sounds like. Um, but he yodels all the way up. But what happens is the tension builds and the tension builds until ultimately... It feels like more often than not, the mountain climber goes over the edge and the contestant loses. And I feel like that right there is exactly what happened with the Nashville Predators last night. They came out in the first period, and we're going to talk about what the problems were in the first period. Came out in the first period, they were a little bit off, so they got kind of up that mountain and closer to the cliff. Second period, the Predators came out played a much better game, much more in control of the, the tempo and the pace, got back in this game. So, you know, left themselves some space in the third period to maybe eke out a win. And then that third period, man, the Predators just guessed that price wrong and Nashville yodeled themselves off that cliff. So my one word to describe that game is mountain climber from the Price is Right. That's pretty much how it went. This was a game that had momentum ups and downs, definitely had those highs and lows. You know, you went into this game and you had some hope and then the eventual drop off the end of the cliff as they uh, lost again, five to two, five to two. So let's talk about what went wrong in this game for the Predators. I think the first thing that went wrong right out of the gate is that Nashville had a very slow start. And we talked about this, the Predators coming off of a scheduled five-day break, quite unlike the unscheduled earlier five-day uh, five break that they had um, when Bridgestone was flooded. But this was a scheduled five-day break. Timing-wise, lovely lots of extra time with the dads and that's fantastic but the rest time did not do them well and you come off of these rest times and one of two things can happen it can be used for rest and recovery and you know players can bounce back from that with like a hunger to get back to the game to get back to competing 
or you can kind of come into the game and, and need time to shake off the rust and dust. And that's exactly what we saw with the Nashville Predators. This was a team that wasn't quite ready to get back on the ice and get up to game speed. And when you're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning, this is a team with huge offensive weapons. This is a team with a tremendous amount of speed. You have to be able to hit the ice running. Uh, it's a lot like uh, an alarm clock. You know, you have your sweet alarm clock that wakes you up to like the sound of like a woodland April rain shower, you know, kind of a nice gentle wake up. When you're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning off of a five day break, that alarm clock sound is a kid screaming and you know that probably they've puked. Like that's what this game was. And Nashville was not ready for that alarm. And Tampa Bay took advantage of it really quickly. You know, two quick goals. Uh, one was on a breakaway. Kind of wish UC Soren would have had that one. But in the other one was a power play goal that we've got to talk about. Nashville, dumb penalty early, dumb penalty early. A too many men on the ice penalty gave the fourth best power play in the league their chance on the man advantage. And of course, just to add salt to the wound, that power play goal scored by none other than Corey, I live in Anne's imaginary backpack of hockey grudges. Perry also gave Steven Stamkos an assist, which continued his point streak to 12 games. So Nashville went down really quickly. First three minutes, they're down 2 nothing because they had a slow start. And the Predators kind of worked their way out of it in the first, but by the end of the first period, they had been outshot 11-4. to It took Nashville almost 10 minutes to get their first shot on net. So this was a really slow start for Nashville. And we have talked over the course of this season about 60 minutes of hockey. Nashville just was not ready to come out of that break and play 60 minutes of hockey. So slow start really hurt them right out of the gate. Another thing that really hurt them, the big guys did not get on the scoreboard last night. Uh, Mark Jankowski, Alexander Carrier scored the two goals for the Predators. Forsberg Niederreiter had assists on Carrier's goal, but, you know, really did not hear anything from Matt Duchesne, didn't get on the board. Philip Forsberg had the assist, but just did not get a shot. And the other one that really I took note of was Ryan Johansson. Ryan Johansson actually had zero shots last night. And we all know Ryan Johansson's game tends to be a pass first game. And he is exceptional at uh, creating plays and setting players up. I understand that. But this is something we've talked about with Ryan Johansson in the past. You want to see Ryan Johansson shooting the puck more. Uh, Matt Duchesne certainly trying, circling around the net, doing the best he can to generate some things. But the only players that got goals last night were Mark Jankowski and Alexander Carrier. And look, you can't win a game with not, you know, when you don't have your big guns scoring. And Nashville has struggled to put big gun scoring together with secondary scoring like they had last night to win games. So need the big guys to get on the scoreboard just didn't happen last night. And against Tampa Bay, it's got to be your top guys versus their top guys. And they won that battle last night. Coming up, we are also going to talk about the one main reason that I think the Nashville Predators lost last night's game. Plus, we're also going to talk about a couple of players who had big nights on and 
off the ice last night. But first, want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by our great friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your sports betting information, your stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds, props, trends for every professional and amateur sport out there from football, basketball, soccer, esports. They have everything you could be curious about on betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, and we know you do, you can find some of those at Bet Online as well. Bet Online is always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. So if you are wager curious, this is the site you want to visit. So head to their website today and you can use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. So talked about a couple of things that didn't go well for the Preds. Slow start, real quiet from the top guys. But the thing that I really think doomed the Nashville Predators, and let's be real, not the first time we've seen this for Nashville this season, little mistakes cost the Predators. So Nashville had trouble with little things like clearing the puck from the zone. There was one stretch in the second period where Tampa Bay came out and they had four minutes and 20 seconds. Four minutes and 20 seconds of offensive zone time. That wasn't like a double minor penalty with a bonus 20 seconds tacked on. That was five on five. Nashville could not clear the penalty. And when you let an offensive stretch go that long, you end up with five exhausted defenders. And I am telling you, Tampa Bay was circling the net like sharks and Saros was the chum. It was the longest four minutes and 20 seconds of hockey I think I've ever seen in my life. What I will say in that four minutes and 20 second stretch is that Nashville limited Tampa Bay to one shot on goal, which is pretty impressive considering how much movement was going on during that stretch, how exhausted the defenders were. And Tampa Bay just kept slow cycling in fresh legs. I mean, it was it was a rough stretch. Can't clear the puck, you're going to get pinned down in the zone. And the longer you're pinned down, the worse it's going to be. Nashville was very lucky to escape that without uh, Tampa Bay capitalizing and scoring a goal. We talked about another little mistake earlier, that too many men on the ice penalty. The Predators had a couple of penalties. There was a tripping penalty later on. Upside of that tripping penalty, it led to the Predators' first shorthanded goal. So we're not going to squawk a ton on that one. But penalties that are just execution issues. Um, too many men on the ice. I mean, it's been the same number of men since Pee Wee. So just something to kind of think of. And again, I think part of that was just shaking off, you know, the rust and dust and getting back to that focused mental game that you have to have after a five-day break. Another mistake, and I, you know, I hate to talk about this. You know that I love Yuso Parson, and you know that if his mom can't come on the mom's trip, I will sub in and bring him cookies gladly. But Parsonen had a turnover in the third period, kind of entering the offensive zone, and he was looking to make a pass that quickly got intercepted, and Nashville was caught in kind of a slow line change. They were sort of lollygagging on the line change. And Tampa Bay, team with speed, team with a transition game. And by the time Predators got who they needed back on the ice, Tampa Bay was up the ice. Matias Ekholm had been beat. UC Saros 
maybe could have made that save, but didn't make that save. And, uh, you know, Nicholas Paul put the Tampa Bay Lightning up four to two in a four two game in the third period against the Lightning feels more than one goal different than the three two game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And what I want to say about that play from you, so Parson, and I think we're seeing a, a young man who really is NHL ready. We're also seeing a young man who is learning the difference between an AHL play and an NHL play. The pass that he wanted to make, it was a great look, but with NHL defenders in front of him, it's a pass that's just not going to work in the NHL unless you are maybe like Connor McDavid or Dumbledore. Like it's just not a play that's going to materialize successfully in the NHL. So I think that was kind of a moment of this is somebody who is used to playing against opponents at an AHL level where you could sneak that pass through. It's just not going to happen in the NHL. So it was just, you know, growing pain for Parson, and he was clearly frustrated about the turnover, you know, and again, he does a great job of Ted lassoing. He's, you know, be a goldfish, shortest memory, you know, 10 second memory, be a goldfish. And he came out and, you know, finished the game fine, but just little mistakes like that can change a game. And look, Tampa Bay did to Nashville last night, what Detroit did to Tampa Bay Tuesday night. On Tuesday night, any mistake that Tampa Bay made, Detroit capitalized on. And, and that was the difference. Detroit came away and won that game against the Lightning. And Tampa Bay turned around and did that to the Nashville Predators last night. So, you know, it's those little mistakes, little mistakes. And my expectation is not a 100% perfect game by the Nashville Predators, but there are some of these mistakes. Too many men on the ice. Come on, y'all. You can clear that up. Slow starts. You got to be ready to play from first puck drop. And, you know, little turnovers, lollygagging on line changes. Those are mental mistakes that, that the Predators have got to clear up. So I honestly think this was a game that, and it's so frustrating to say, this is a game that the Predators even with some of those, you know, some of those things, the slow start, um, the, the big guys not necessarily showing up you know, with goals in the first and second period, going into that third period tied, if you had eliminated some of those mistakes, this is a game that perhaps Nashville could have won. I mean, look, they beat New Jersey. So a little bit of a frustrating loss. Let's talk about players who had big nights on and off the ice. First of all, let us take a moment and let us give a shout out to Mr. Mark Jankowski. Mark Jankowski, he's played 11 games with the Predators. This is only his second goal last night. So he is not uh, producing goals like Philip Forsberg or Matt Duchesne. Also don't think that's what the Nashville Predators need him to do. He really has come in and he's been sort of a filler guy who is contributing He's doing what the Predators want him to do. And look, his job is not easy. Uh, Jankowski starts most of his games in the defensive zone. Uh, last night, he was on a line with Michael McCarron and Cole Smith. They took 19 shifts. He had a little over 13 and a half minutes of ice time. But the play that I loved, he got the shorthanded goal, the first shorthanded goal for the Predators, again, First shorthanded goal. Interesting fact, fun little fact. There were two teams in the NHL who had not scored shorthanded goals last night going into this game. Nashville Predators, 
Tampa Bay Lightning both got shorthanded goals. So we've just wiped the slate clean for the NHL. You're welcome. But I love this play by Mark Jankowski. He's on the penalty kill. He's been good on the penalty kill. Got the puck skating down there. And he did such a great job of kind of looking off Elliot, the goaltender for Tampa Bay, and really making that shot work. So I want to give a shout out to Jankowski and also love the fact that he got to do that while his dad was there. I'm a, I'm a sucker for the mom and dad's trips. I'm just going to put it to you straight. Sucker for those. Um, I will say this. I did see Mark Jankowski. Just the mom and me has to note that Mark Jankowski in the third period used some adult language when he was cross-checked in the side and the ref kind of stared at it and didn't call anything. That is not language, Mark Jankowski, that you're going to want to use on the mom's trip. But really good night for Mark Jankowski. And again, just want to say, look, he is not going to be a your top line guy. He's not. But he is doing everything that John Hines wants from him to do. Uh, he's not making a ton of blatant mistakes. And so a good game from Jankowski and actually a terrific play on that shorthanded goal that you know we've seen so many, you know, we've seen shorthanded goals. We've seen breakaway goals that just couldn't finish. And I thought Jankowski did a great job looking off the goaltender and really making that play happen. So Shout out to Mark Jankowski. The other one I want to give a shout out to is Alexander Carrier, our other goal scorer. God bless Alexander Carrier. Uh, he has really wanted to get more involved in the offense this season for the Nashville Predators. And as you watch him in games, you'll see that he is more uh, more times he is dropping down into the offense to kind of get into the play there. He also, bless his heart, is getting pushed around a lot. And that's irritating to me. He has had 24 shots in 21 games, and he, before last night, made absolutely zero of them. Bless his heart. He has been snake bit this season, and I think it's probably felt like dog years, the stretch without a goal. Last night, finally got his first goal of the season, and credit to him, took a shot, followed up. There was a long rebound, followed up and got his own rebound and put it back in the net. Here is what is so sweet, and this was one of those moments that definitely made me verklempt. We found out during the game um, he made that shot, and if you'll notice, you can watch the replay of the shot. He looked up and pointed at the booth in the, the suite where the dads were and found out that his grandfather passed away last week. So you know what? Not an easy time for Carrier. And Sometimes I think you know, we can get on these podcasts and we can sit at home and we, we can watch these games and want these players to perform well and point out all the things that they do wrong and where they need to, to shape up. And I think sometimes we forget that athletes have grandfathers who pass away. And I know for us in our lives, those things are really hard and, and they're just as hard for these athletes. So really glad that Alexander Carrier had that moment. So glad that his father was there to see that. I think that was a really special thing. And really glad to see Carrier get on the score sheet with his first goal of the season. And hopefully that's just going to kind of unleash a little something for him going forward. 
Um, one other player that I want to talk about that really had kind of a special night last night that got me a little bit choked up and I won't get choked up probably talking about it today, but I make no promises. Uh, we're going to talk about that today. I'm also going to talk about takeaways from last night's loss. The Predators have got to carry over into Saturday's game against the Ottawa Senators. We're going to talk about those two things in just a minute. But first, I want to thank you for making Locked on Predators your first listen today. For your second listen, you need to go check out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter most to the biggest stories in sports, you get to go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with insight that only local Locked On experts can provide to you. So you need to check out Locked On Sports today. It's available on this app, on YouTube, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So the other player I want to give a shout out to is Ryan Patrick McDonough. Yesterday was proclaimed Ryan Patrick McDonough Day in Tampa, and you can bet now that I know his middle name, I will be using it every time I talk about Ryan Patrick McDonough. Of course, we all know Ryan McDonough returning to Tampa Bay for the first time since he was traded in that trade. A whole emotional situation for McDonough. I mean, he was asked to waive a no trade clause because of their financial situation. Tampa Bay did not necessarily want to part with him, but had to do it. So big feels when it comes to losing McDonough. McDonough went on the trip, uh, could not play because of injury, took a puck to the face. We learned yesterday um, before the game, an outlet in Tampa Bay talked with Ryan McDonough and reported that he had had to have a steel plate inserted in his cheek after taking the puck to the face. So they're saying McDonough's back in two to four weeks. I know that these guys rehab differently than, you know, quote unquote, regular people do. I cannot imagine we'll see Ryan McDonough in two weeks. You know, of course, we all want him back on the ice. Bottom line, Nashville's better with McDonough on the ice. Don't know how that can happen. In the game last night, Tampa Bay, of course, played a tribute video to McDonough. If you have not seen it, you can check it out on Twitter. I think Nashville Predators retweeted Tampa Bay's um, video, their official site posted the video, and it is as sweet as the day is long. And they showed McDonough clearly very emotional. I think big feels for Ryan Patrick McDonough and his whole family. His dad was, you know, they had a picture earlier of his dad talking to some of the Tampa Bay players as well. So, you know, a big move for McDonough for his family, a sweet moment last night and love how much the crowd appreciated Ryan McDonough after that tribute video. You know, you can say what you want about bringing in superstar players. And and look, Ryan McDonough is a fantastic defenseman and Nashville's lucky to have him on the ice. He is a good man. He is a good man. And I think never underestimate the value of a good man in a locker room and on a team. So such a sweet moment for Ryan McDonough. I'm not going to lie. I got totally choked up. Got choked up this morning watching the tribute video. The other thing that was shocking to me is poor Ryan McDonough really has been through it. Very bruised, very swollen, very scary to see what he has had to go through after taking that puck to the face. So want to get him back on the ice, but just want to give a shout out to Ryan Patrick McDonough. 
hope that he heals up well. Jordan Gross came in for him. Uh, John Hines popped Jordan Gross just right in the spot with Yossi where McDonough's been playing and playing so well. I thought Jordan Gross had a really good game. He had a couple of great offensive looks, a couple great play generating chances, and defensively, I think he did fine. Bottom line is Roman Yossi is better with Ryan McDonough there, but Jordan Gross came in, and I think he did a really good job, all things considered. But hey, shout out to Ryan Patrick McDonough, December 8th will always and forever be in my heart, Ryan Patrick McDonough Day, even though I live in Nashville and not Tampa. So real quick, before we go, what can we learn from this game that the Predators need to take with them Saturday's game against the Ottawa Senators? Number one, y'all got to hit the ice running. You know, I get it. It was a five-day break. I understand that. Little thing to keep in the back of your mind. The Senators game Saturday is a matinee game. It is a 1230 puck drop. So again, the Predators are going to be playing kind of out of the normal routine those boys are going to have to be ready to play some hockey earlier in the day. They have got to hit the ice running. Number two, you have got to get Forsberg, Duchesne, and EOC on that score sheet, and it's got to happen right away. Niederreiter, Johansson, you know, I'm not going to be super picky about which one of the big guys does it, but the big guys have got to show up and be involved in generating offensive chances and honestly just finish those. So the Predators got to have the big guys scoring. Number three, do not give up easy chances. Um, and I'm not just talking about the mistakes that they made against Tampa Bay that they cannot repeat against the Ottawa Senators, but also limit those high danger chances. You know, I went back in and looked at the shot maps after last night's game. The slot for Tampa Bay was lit up like a Christmas tree, y'all. Lit up like a Christmas tree. I always say the slot is not lava. Defenders are allowed in there. Like jump on in there. It will not burn your skates. So limit those high danger chances. Eliminate some of the just easy mistakes to eliminate in this game. Again, facing Ottawa Senators. Friends, this is a must-win game. Uh, several episodes ago, Nick and I took a look at the December schedule, and it is a gauntlet for the Nashville Predators. This is this is nothing easy about this game or, or this month. But I thought Nick had a great point in the sense that the must-win games in December are games like tomorrow's game. Nashville Predators were very fortunate. They got two points against the New Jersey Devils. They got two points against the Islanders. They competed okay against Tampa Bay and, and perhaps could have eked out some points there. They didn't, and that's ultimately all that matters. But it's games against teams like the Ottawa Senators that are must-win for the Predators. These are two points Nashville must have. This is a must-win game. So the Predators maybe need to bring some of that emotional frustration over the things that went wrong against Tampa Bay and bring that into the game at, again, 12.30 start time on Saturday to get two points. This is a game the Predators cannot lose in a December packed with top teams in the league. Uh, Senators are 10, 14, and 1. Interestingly enough, they've beat Buffalo. They beat the New York Rangers last week in overtime. But when you look at their schedule, when you look at their games, here's kind of where they're at. The Senators are beating teams that they should beat. Um, but they're in they're losing to some teams that make sense that they're losing to. Every so often, though, they push the envelope like last night. Last night, the Ottawa Senators took the Dallas Stars, my friends, the Dallas Stars to overtime. They did lose in overtime, but they were down two goals early 
came back to tie it up and get the lead. Dallas, you know, tied the game up in I think the last minute of the third uh, period and then came in and won it in overtime. But this is an Ottawa Senators team that when they're going and, and playing well, they're competing against teams like Dallas. So Nashville cannot take this game for granted by any means. Uh, the Senators have the seventh best power play in the league. For the love, can we play the worst power play teams for a little while? I mean, can we just play bad power play teams? So, you know, don't want to give up any man advantage. Interesting roster for the Ottawa Senators. They've got, of course, Brady Kachuk. He has 29 points, 12 goals. Tim Stulza, 27 points, 10 goals. Let us give a shout out to geriatric 34-year-old Claude Giroux, who they got in the offseason. He has 11 goals for the Senators. And I thought the Senators had one of the more interesting offseasons. They made some moves that kind of kept it interesting and spicy. They got Claude Giroux from Seattle. They also traded for Alex DeBrinkett, who has six goals. And they snagged themselves Cam Talbot in net. Talbot's had 11 starts. Four and seven on the games, or on, you know, out of those 11 starts. So, you know, he's just kind of fighting his groove with Ottawa. Uh, Cam Talbot and Anton Forsberg seem to be sort of sharing starts, uh, more balanced starts. Uh, Forsberg has 14 starts. He is 5'7", 0 and 2, 908 save percentage, um, allows about 3.24 goals against average. Um, so Forsberg started against Dallas last night. N you know, not sure whether the Predators will see Talbot or Forsberg. Kind of hope it's Talbot because there is a vibe, friends, where when the Predators score on Anton Forsberg and Bridgestone has to yell, you suck, it's all your fault. Forsberg, Forsberg, you suck. It just feels weird. So we'll have to wait and see who the Senators put in net. couple things of note from the Senators. Their first goal against Dallas, off a turnover. Nashville Predators, don't make silly mistakes. Um, also, the Senators do not give up net front real estate easily. They really do battle in front of the net. And so Nashville's going to have to stand their ground. They're going to have to get defenders in there to kind of keep clearing things for Soros or Lankanen. We'll see who. Um, I'm guessing it will be Lankanen, but let's see what John Hines decides tomorrow. And also, again, Senators are a team that have come from behind. They came from behind against Dallas. A two-goal lead against the Senators is not going to be enough. So Nashville, 60 minutes of hockey with your foot on the, on the gas. Also, interesting and fun little tidbit, if you're thinking about checking out a Predators game at Bridgestone Arena, Saturday afternoon's game is Star Wars themed, and so it's just going to be fun. Um, they are giving away Philip Forsberg bobbleheads who does not want that so star wars themed game saturday again 12 30 puck drop matinee game it'll be interesting to see how the predators kind of adjust to another game that's a little bit out of the groove we are going to have that complete game recap on monday after the game so be sure to check us out then we're going to break it down give you our one word Talk about what we saw. Hopefully the Predators are going to be able to bounce back. And again, Saturday, must-win game against the Ottawa Senators. Let's see if they can pull it out. 
That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Predators. I want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. If you are listening to this on Apple or Amazon or whatever podcasting platform is your very favorite, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, let us know how you like the podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and leave us a comment. Let us know what is the one thing that the Nashville Predators have to do to get this win Saturday against the Ottawa Senators. want to hear what you have to say about that. And also be sure you subscribe and click the bell for notifications. That way you're going to be the first one to know when we have new episodes dropping Monday through Friday. So check us out on YouTube. Hope that you all have a fantastic weekend. Fingers crossed for a Predators win Saturday against the Senators. We're going to see you on Monday. Take care, everyone.